He really does. It's kind of tricky to transition this, but I'm going to. So we're going to throw Ephesians chapter 1 up on here. So we're going to... We always have a... It's a really important principle here. I believe it should be an important principle in, in any church that, that his, his presence is the number one thing. And when he turns up and starts to do something, we, we fall in line with it. Um, I've just been up with uh, Kim and a few others from, from Eastgate, along with about 1,700 other people at, um, uh, in Harrogate at a conference called the European Leaders Advance. Um, we had a good time, but um, that was a good time, what we just had. But as Kim and I were driving in, we had some friends with us, actually. A number of you remember uh, friends, Jemuel and Katia, who were part of the French team that we built. Um, been living in, uh, in Guadeloupe in the Caribbean for the last seven years. It was lovely to have them back um, with us. And actually lovely to have our friends from the Faroe Islands here. So just wave at us from the Faroe Islands. <laughs> so, um, the Faroe Islands, Caribbean, slightly different climates. Just hearing that our friends David, David and Janet gone back to Kenya and they're doing really well in Kenya. Is anybody else from another nation apart from the Faroe Islands? Or the UK? Hello. The Maldives. Oh, welcome. Excellent. Over there. The Netherlands. Oh, excellent. Well done. Friends from the Netherlands. You come from Norway. Wow. <laughs> Anyone anyone else? Germany. Wow. Got got, got prompted me to ask today. I thought I wasn't quite expecting such a quite... Anyway, so Kim and I were driving into Harrogate. And um, we drove past the Harrogate showground. And they've got a big show on there this week. Which coincided. But actually, 40 years ago, Kim and I drove to that showground... Um, with some other friends of ours as, as uh, sort of teenagers who not that long have been born again. And um, we were part of a, a church with about 60 people in it, and that was our understanding of the breadth of Christianity. We found God, and a small, small crowd of us were trying to follow God together. Um, and um, we went to this thing called the Dale's Bible Week and found ourselves amongst thousands of Christians worshipping God. <coughs> Um, which was extraordinary in itself. But the, the week itself was um, a moment, I think, in, in history of in Christianity in, in this nation. And I'll explain it to you why. Because um, <clears throat> during the week, we were uh, basically led towards taking responsibility for our nation as Christians. And as a sort of... Uh, yeah, just 18, I was 18, coming up 19, Kim was 18... <laughs> Not really knowing what we were doing, we, we stood up on the last night of that Bible and said, yeah, we will take responsibility for our nation, along with a couple of thousand other people, um, spiritually. And I thought, okay, I had no idea what we were doing, really. But um, another aspect of that was that, that during that week, uh, the activity of heaven was extraordinary um, because there were angels with us. There were many manifestations of angels that week, um, at, uh, particularly amongst the children and uh, where children were being led back to their tents by angels. They were, they were just having angels sitting with them in their tents, and they just tell their parents when the parents came back for the main meeting that they had this 
uh, angels sitting with them with light in, in their meeting while they've been away. But um, probably one of the most extraordinary stories was that um, one night the, the, the police turned up about two o'clock in the morning saying they'd had complaints from the, the, the people that, who lived in the surrounding area. And it was, it's a showground, but actually in a, in a housing area, lots of houses around. And these people said, look, we don't mind these people being here, but we do wish they'd stop singing before two o'clock in the morning. And so the police went with the, the, the organisers of the Bible Week into the, the main auditorium place, which was actually a shed, you know, it's one of these, um, uh, where singing was going on. This is about 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, but there was uh, nobody in there. The, the, PA, the PA was off. And basically what was happening was the angels were in there singing. Now, a number of the friends that I've walked with and walking with now um, were at that event so our friend Andy Merrick some of you know um, others, uh, guys up in Leicester other people around the nation and um, so it was it was quite amazing to be back in the same place 40 years on and seeing what God has done and is doing in the nation and um, a few weeks ago, I was, I was talking to God and said, I wish I'd known 20 years ago what I know now. Anybody ever had that thought? <laughs> anyway, it is a bit of a fruitless thought, but it's, it's, a, it's a common thought, isn't it? And um, when God said to me, he spoke to me really clearly. He said, look, um, do you believe I numbered all your days? I said, yeah, I do believe that. I believe that. I've always applied that to the how, how many days I'm going to live. You know, it's, He said, no, I didn't just number your days in, in how many they will be. Actually, I placed them in time. He put, you, he put you on the planet for this time. He put me on the planet for my time. So, so it made me think about the 40 years that had just gone by. And then and I want to talk about walking in the pleasure of God today. I'll, I'll touch on that. So I will manage to whiz through and remember Donna's thing at the end. Um, but it, it just made me, and I've been looking at it this week, 40 years is, is a common thing within the Bible. Actually, 40 years, 40 days, 40 years. So... I just went through it briefly, just so um, Moses, 40 years old when he actually left Egypt, 40 years out in the wilderness, and then he came back, and then another 40 years. Joshua was 40 when he went to spy out the land. In, in the book of Judges, you find 40 years of peace or 40 years of oppression. Do you know how long King David reigned over Israel? 40 years. How long did Solomon reign over Israel? 40 years there are many people I think okay I think and then how, how about 40 days anybody think of any 40 days in the Bible Jesus fasted, fasted for 40 days there's an idea any others there's a bit an obvious one the flood he had a flood 40 days there's that one uh, Moses was on the mountain for 40 days the spies spied out the promised land for 40 days uh, Goliath Taunted Israel for 40 days. So I thought, I think God's doing something. And it's exciting to be on the transition of 40 years. That, that there is something going. So I made me think, well, what have we learned in the last 40 years? Because a number of years ago, um, God showed me something about timings. And um, it was in, from the book of Exodus. I've been reading in the book of Exodus. Um, and then I got my mind had been distracted and I'd gone on to another part of the Bible. Has it ever happened to you? I've got sort of... Regular reading and then distracted reading. So, 
So, so, and I got distracted mid-chapter mid somewhere, so I was flicking through trying to find where I was, and I got back to where I was in, in Exodus. And as, as I read it, uh, the next bit was, because the context was, somebody, I said, look, these, these things are happening in the UK. They're going to happen. It's like revival. There's all sorts of promises. And this person said to me, that's very good, but when's it going to happen? I thought, that's a very good question. Because we can have the sort of, it's going to happen, but when's it going to happen? So, and as I got back to reading in, in Exodus, it was the passage where um, the Israelites led, uh, ended up at the Red Sea. Okay, so... Now, how, do you know, how, how did the Israelites end up at the Red Sea? We, we parted the waters after they got there, but how did they get to the Red Sea in the first place? Well, it's, 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 it says God led them there. Now, if you look at the map, they could have gone across dry land at the, at the top. But it says God led them there. <laughs> you ever felt you were actually up against it? Well, they were up against it, God, but God led them. And he said this because they, because they weren't ready for war. That they, they weren't prepared. That God had to take them on a process of preparation so that they would be ready to inhabit the promised land and take it. Because they still, in their minds, they were still slaves. It's, it's quite clear. It says they, they've been slaves for 400 years. They were slaves in their minds. They weren't prepared for battle. They weren't prepared for the work of, that God has set in front of them. Um, so God did something spectacular, Red Sea, didn't he? <laughs> he removed their slave master. Killed the enemies, put them in a new place. That's a picture of baptism. That's a picture of, of what you get born again into. If you want, you know, you, you're born again from something into something. That thing that you were actually dies. You become a new being. A new being with a new purpose, a new life. And um, so after that, I, I basically studied Exodus and looked at actually how that was God's training program. Now, they elongated it unnecessarily, but, it was, it was, but God, God is very good at training his people so they're ready for the days that he puts them in. So what's happened over the last 40 years in the UK and world Christianity? Well, I would suggest to you there's these things. The charismatic renewal, the renewal of the, the activity and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the restoration of the church. All these, all these are important. Restoration of the church. The church is fundamentally important to God's purposes. In actual fact, he's coming back for his bride, which is the church. But it's a church that's meant to be filled with his presence, which is the Holy Spirit. That's why the charismatic renewal was, was important. The church should be birthed out of the activity of the Holy Spirit. So the charismatic renewal, the activity of the Holy Spirit, the church is born. born. Then there was the release of the, of the revelation of the Father heart of God. That we're no longer slaves, we're, we're children of God. I think there's been the increase of faith, the understanding of grace in a different level, being supernatural people. I think that's suddenly become more aware. And then I would say that the, the thing that's probably the latest um, revelation is, is the, the revelation of actually truly being kingdom first people. Not just being church first, not, but actually this is for the whole of life. And whatever part of life... No, in society, you are in, God is with you and he's on you and he wants you to rule and reign in that area of life. Not just over you personally, but actually he wants the kingdom of heaven to be released in every part of society. So 40 years ago, uh, I also set off to medical school with a dream. I'd already decided I wanted to become a doctor, then I became a Christian, so I thought, actually, what's going to stop me? I've got medicine and God. Miracles are medicine, I call it. And that's been my life. I set off with a purpose and a dream. And we'll come to that a bit more. But actually, we're going to be talking more about that over, uh, well, a little bit today, but next Sunday. 
um, because heaven in healthcare is actually being birthed out of it. And 40 years on, actually, we're going into some transition. So heaven in healthcare is, 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 is not just a conference we're having, but it's actually a network that we're now developing right across the UK and probably internationally. And the interest of that, uh, the, the European Leaders Advance, was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> it was, so people were like, oh, it was just like I kept on people who've just been waiting for this to happen. And it, it almost felt like um, I talked to a number of medical professionals there. It's almost like Elijah, you know, when Elijah thought he was the only one? And suddenly, suddenly, suddenly discover you're not. That kind of does you good. It takes you out of your, out of your cave and in, into newness of life. So, right, can we throw up Ephesians chapter 1? So, because one of the things I think God is revealing to us, and it was in the context of heaven and healthcare last November, is his pleasure. And I want to talk about his pleasure um, for a while. Uh, next, um, next Sunday I'm going to be... Uh, preaching here again in the morning, but also with uh, one of the other doctors from, from Eastgate, just opening up your eyes to see what God is doing, um, because it's a good example of what God wants to do in, across our lives into society, okay? So, um, there was heavenly business breakfast on Friday, that went well from what I heard, 6.30, and they had 30 people, which was a miracle at 6.30, I was <laughs> I heard, I heard, I wasn't there, okay, I was, but I heard, I was doing something else, I was being very kind to my guests, and couldn't quite make it. There was, I think it was a man came up from Eastbourne, left home at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. That, that's hunger. That's connected, that is amazing. Um, Keep praying for the school over there because that's, that's, that, that's a spiritual battle. But you know, imagine that. That's education, heaven and healthcare, business. We're already here to create community in the new city, new city of development. Actually, what, where God has placed us, it, it is extraordinary what God has caught us up in. Um, so, here we go. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I've preached about this before. That, that is simply staggering. How many blessings have you got? All of them, okay. How many of you appropriated and used? Some. More to come. It's very straightforward. How about this? For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be what? Holy, which means like him, and blameless in his sight. So when God looks at you, how does he view you? Holy and blameless. This is, this is, this is his desire. He doesn't look upon you with a sense of disappointment and shame. Or, oh, could do better. Oh, oh. Wish, wish they'd had a longer quiet time on Thursday. <laughs> if only they'd witnessed to that person rather than ducked out of it, you know. Put a bit more in the offering. All these sorts of things. No, no, God, God looks at you and he sees you. This is how he's chosen to see you from before the foundation. This is his choice, okay? This is his, this is his design. This is how he sees you, holy and blameless. That's grace. How do you look? So when you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, how do you assess yourself? Patrick, you got it. Holy and blameless. It's great. Okay, when you wake up in the morning and look at the people around you, your husband, your wife, assuming they're born again, uh, kids, this is, this is a perspective. While we were worshipping this morning, God, God, God impressed to me the picture of a tapestry. 
And the tapestry looks, looks amazing. Well, hopefully, we've got some amazing tapestries from one perspective. From another perspective, it looks a complete mess. You ever looked at a tapestry from the back? You know what I mean by that. And I felt God say to me, it's really important that you remember to turn the tapestry over. So many of you are so good at seeing it just from one side. You need to see it from his perspective. What does your life look like from his perspective? You say, oh, I've just got all these loose ends, these threads here, there, and everywhere. No, turn it over. Actually, whoa, never realized he was doing all that. You know, for the last 40 years, God has been creating a tapestry in the UK. And it, we're only a small part of it, but right across the world. He's been doing it since the, before the foundation of the world. This is his masterpiece. He, he, God is, is, is the master designer and takes every individual thread of life and puts it together to, to form the overall masterpiece of eternity. <laughs> and you're included in that. You're part of his masterpiece. And when he looks at it, he says, this is fantastic, even if it's not finished. It's in creation. You know? it's, it's understood. So, you know, our sis- my sister-in-law actually really is very, very good at embroidery. She's master's, you know, guild or whatever. Anyway, all sorts of things. And she, she's actually done some for us and did one here for Eastgate that was hanging down in the, um, in the, uh, the cafe area for while we replaced it. But it'll, it'll go back up some stage. I was there at the moment. Okay, have a look at it. It's, it's amazing. Um, but I know what she... Oh, I know how she thinks about it and designs it and, and then she actually uses all sorts of different bits in the creation of it it's, there's different materials it's, it's extraordinary what she does and um, but you know that's what God does he takes all sorts of different things and you know and we go, well, how could you ever use that he can whatever you give him your life he'll, he, he'll, he'll weave it into the tapestry of what he's creating in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will Okay, so do you know you've been adopted into his family if you're born again? If you're not born again, do do it, please. <laughs> Save me having to keep on saying it. But <laughs> I'm desperate for you to get born again because I want you to be adopted into this amazing family. Now, he doesn't adopt you reluctantly, all right, does he? Oh, goodness. I've got to somehow fit that one in as well. You know, that's, oh, that's a really rough deal, that one. No, he does this according to his... Pleasure. He chose you because of his pleasure. Wow. <clears throat> to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure. So God wants to reveal his will to us, what he wants to do, and us to understand his pleasure and for us to take pleasure in that this is what I mean by walking in the pleasure of God this is how it works according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfilment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ in him we were also chosen having been having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will God will have his way. He's a genius. And it's, it's, it's not because he's a cosmic dictator. He just, he's just a cosmic genius. Whatever hand you give him, he'll win. Whatever, whatever you put in his hand, he'll, he'll make it 
something beautiful and create something amazing. But together, it's, we're not, you're not, not alone. This is, this is how he's chosen to do things. This is his plan. We are part of his dream. And I just wanted to throw a few things out. Now, when, um, <clears throat> just in terms of pleasure, before Jesus ever set off for ministry, as, as he was baptized, in, in, uh, where the Holy Spirit, he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down upon him, says the heavens opened, and, and God the Father made a declaration over his son, which was this, this is my son with whom I am well. And she says, this is my beloved son. So this is, this is, this is the identity, you're a son, I love you, and I'm pleased with you. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Okay, I want you to say that for yourself. Uh, now, ladies, you need to make this into a daughter, okay? I am God's beloved and he is well pleased with me. Okay, should we try that again? We're going to do this a few times until you get the idea, okay? I, I am God's beloved and he is... And again, I am... And he is... And again... Isn't that beautiful? That's before you've done anything. Just because you are. And just because he is. You need to, need to understand that. He, he delights in you just for who you are. Because you're his, in the, you're his child. It says, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Jesus paid the price so that that could all become true. But Jesus did it for a purpose, which was for joy <laughs> for delight for pleasure see the cross was not pleasurable but the outcome was his pleasure do you ever go through things that are tough not pleasurable yeah you do we all do we all go through tough stuff but do you know what what's the best way to face it it says this <laughs> the beautiful passage in, in Corinthians it says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us glory that outweighs them all. So we have a tough we have, Kim and I have had a few challenges recently, just, just in terms of some circumstances. <laughs> you know, when you get blitzed with circumstances, you go, Wah! Oh my goodness, what did they that? Came back from holiday, thought, poof! I thought, do you know what? The devil's trying to rob us. But you, I turn it on his head and say, Okay, well, it doesn't matter whatever you throw at me, because actually God's going to give me glory that outweighs it. So he, he trying to, I'm, I'm trying to dissuade him. Not God, the devil. <laughs> muck, muck around with me, I'm going to come back and get you. It's true. I think the devil regrets that he decided to send Jesus to the cross. Well, God decided, do you understand? But actually, yeah? Satan put it in, in, in Judas's heart to betray Jesus. He played a part, Judas, Judas, the devil plays a part, but God's got the trump card. Okay, how about this one? Psalm 16, verse 11 says this. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You know, there is great pleasure in just being with him. Psalm 16, verse 11. I'm going to whiz through these. I'll probably come back to them next week. Turn you on time. But. Romans chapter 12 talks about... <coughs> um, Verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. What is God's will? It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. You know one of the way to find the greatest pleasure in life? 
do the will of God. It's perfect. Sometimes it's confusing. And here's, here's, here's the challenge. You don't always understand it. But if you do, you'd probably be God. And that wouldn't be a good idea. You have to be... Faith, faith trusts even when you don't understand. And, and, and faith is one of the ways that you release pleasure. It's one of the ways you release the, 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 uh, the goodness of God into your life. Okay, how about this one? Haggai 1 verse 8 says this. Go, now go up into the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. You know, I wanted to let you know this. God takes pleasure in your work. And I will land, kind of land. It's really important. You know, we do so many different things in different places. <coughs> but whatever your life is, they're, they're, it will involve work. Yeah? Young mums work hard, don't you? Do you go out to work? No, just work hard at home. It's true. <laughs> I remember, remember when our family was young, Kim, Kim, Kim says, people used to say, because I was obviously working silly hours as a, as a junior hospital doctor, and people said to me, does Kim work? And I used to say, yeah, she works very hard, I just don't pay her. <laughs> <laughs> silly idea. And it's, we all work. We're meant to. We were born to work. Work, work didn't, wasn't the result of the fall. It was there in, it, it, as, as part of God's design in creation. We, we give responsibility to work. So do you think God's hand will be upon you wherever you are? Can you bring the kingdom of heaven wherever you are? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the point. You bring the goodness of God, the reality of God, wherever you go. Just you, those of you going off to university this year, the kingdom of heaven is going to break out in you and through you. Those of you who have just finished university, because a couple of you have, the next season is just opening up for you, and the kingdom of heaven is going to break out through your lives. You're pushing into the next season. Be prepared for advance and increase. And just guard your hearts and your minds. Oh, so many other things to say. Forty years ago, I started going out with Kim. Forty years ago, we went to this Bible week and we understood the purposes of God in greater measure. Forty years ago, we went to university, separate places. I started medical school and God gave us dreams. He gave us dreams that were our own personally, but he also gave us dreams that we were never going to accomplish on our own. He gave us dreams to build something for him. I remember... Around about 40 years ago when God came into my university room and he, he met with me in an extraordinary way. And he basically told me what to do with my life. The direction of it. I didn't know all the details. but I want to let you know, I, I, this, I will stand up here and tell you that God is faithful. And I look at the tapestry of my life and I can look at it from both ways now and take delight. Do you know, because... I see the meaning of that thread that doesn't seem to fit. But I'd usually choose to look at it from his perspective, having heaven's perspective. And I want you to make sure right now, I'm just going to say, <coughs> which way around your tapestry right now? Will you turn it around to look at it from his perspective? 
And I suspect it's not finished yet. Well, I know it's not finished. But can you take delight in what's already been put in place? And then can you imagine for the rest? That's why he wants to give you dreams and visions. Can you dream what he's going to do with your life? What's he going to do with Eastgate? Which we are part of together. It's a corporate thing as well. It's not just an individual thing. What God has done. And I just want to stand here and I say God is faithful. He's faithful through the good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> he's always good, but there's tough times. Um, I don't say I've had to battle with uh, cancer scares, with other stuff in my life. Disappointments, ups and downs, challenges. But I want you to know this. He is faithful. He is good. And he is worthy of it all. He really is. And this is the thing he's worthy of more than anything else. He's worthy of your trust. So, Father, I pray. I release the kingdom of heaven into this environment right now. Amen. Follow.